What's going on and welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. Hope everyone is having a great week and continue to practice social distancing. We have another great guest for you on this Wednesday. Joining us now is Pelicans guard Drew Holiday. Drew, first of all, how are you and your family doing right now? Man, we're doing well. You know, we're uh, we're staying home, which is <laughs> the best thing we can. Um uh, we walk the neighborhood a little bit. Uh, my daughter is currently in the pool swimming. So, and the weather's been great here. It's been kind of a kind of a blessing. Um, but yeah, man, everybody in the family's doing well. What are you doing to keep busy right now? I know you mentioned the walks and JT's in the pool right now. But how are you keeping busy with a with a toddler at home and just kind of you know keep yourselves entertained right now? <laughs> you know, finding different things, um, different crafts to. Amazon's been amazing, but but different crafts to do if it's with paint or chalk. Um, we do her letters and shapes and numbers. Um, we kind of get kind of the the school thing in, uh, like thirty minutes to an hour a day. That helps. Um, I've been watching movies with her, kind of movies that I grew up with, like a uh, Hercules. And um, she watched Mulan the other day and and really liked it. So I'm really excited about that. But uh. Yeah, man. You know, you just got to be creative. Now, I saw yesterday that your wife, Lauren, tweeted out that, you know, your daughter wanted to just sit, relax and watch movies all day. Did that actually happen or was that kind of a, a pipe dream that she was able to sit down and watch movies all day with you? It happened until about three o'clock. So well, that's, that's actually not bad. longer than I, I know. I, I know. Um, <laughs> and that's like a dream of mine. Uh, my, my wife and my daughter can't sit still. So them always going outside or doing something or having an activities for them. But when she said she wanted to stay in bed all day, that was like a dream come true for me. But uh, she did pretty well until about, yeah, until about three. Uh, what kind of movies were there? Were a lot of repeat of movies right now? Or are you able to mix some up? I know you mentioned some old school ones that you grew up watching, but what, what was on the, the movie list yesterday for you guys? Yeah. Um, one that I had never seen was Trolls or Trolls, The Rock Tour, or whatever, the new one. Um, that was actually a really good movie. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, th- I think JT enjoyed it, too. Uh, Lowe fell asleep, so <laughs> I guess he didn't enjoy it that much. But it was that was one I enjoyed. Um, we watched uh, some of the, like, the Minion movie, the uh, Despicables, like Despicable 1, 2, and 3. She always wants to watch Frozen, though, like Frozen 2. And... Since we've seen it a million times, I didn't let her watch it yesterday. So, See, I'm waiting for that. My my daughter's almost two, and so she's not quite there with, with movies yet. But I'm just, I haven't seen Frozen yet. I haven't seen Frozen 2, but I'm just waiting for all those on repeat. So all those movies you listed, I'm writing down because I think eventually I'm going to have to use them. Yeah, Frozen 2, um, or even Frozen. But she always talked about, like, in Frozen 2, like, there's not a, there's not like a scary part or a bad guy. And the fact that she can, I guess, kind of sense that as, yeah. as a three-year-old is amazing to me. But um, every other, like Hercules has a bad guy. Uh, Mulan has a bad guy. Um, I guess the troll movies, it didn't necessarily have a bad guy, but like there was kind of like scary parts. But she's like, that's what Frozen 2 is pretty much about. I feel like that's why kids love it because you sing and there's no part that you really get like, really nervous in you know so be be prepared just to watch that every day three or four times a day okay fair enough right now it's bubble guppies and pop bubble Patrol, guppies and like the movies are are yeah. on its way yeah absolutely yeah. 
Drew, so what are you doing to stay in shape? I know uh, we talked to Aaron Nelson last week. We've talked to J.J. Redick as well. You know, some have home gyms, some don't. Um, some have more space than others. What are you doing to try to stay in shape in the in the hopes of getting back to playing some basketball later on? Yeah, I got a little bit of home gym stuff. Um, you know, we got a Peloton. Uh, we have, like, slant boards, kettlebells. Um, we have, like, bands to do band work. Uh, we box. Uh, me and my wife do. We we uh, kind of get that in. We got a jump rope. That stuff is pretty fun. Me and my wife go on, on uh, around our neighborhood. We do like a two, maybe like a two and a half mile run, which that's not for me. That's all yeah. the soccer player. That, that's mm-hmm. all my wife. I, I do not like running. Yeah. But uh, we do that. And then uh, with my trainer, Mike G, we do some uh, kind of like field work. Uh, I put on the cleats. We put on some gloves. We do like some football drills, which have been really, really fun. And the weather's been really nice. That's probably been one of the funnest parts for me. So, um, as far as when you potentially could get back, you know, staying in shape here, how much of a difference is there from staying in shape from a physical perspective, and then also basketball shape? Are they kind of the same? I've heard I've heard different approaches to it. Or is there going to be uh, another element to this when you all are eventually going to be able to get back on the court? Yeah, for me, it's totally different. Um, I think the energy that you exert when you play basketball um, can't be replicated. You can do it the best you can, but I think the only way you can do that is actually by playing basketball. Being able to, um, I mean, just run in an instance, sprint to a jaw, to backpedaling, to jumping up for a ball, um, to lunging, sliding defensively, fighting somebody in the post, fighting somebody over a screen, fighting somebody to get over a screen. If, you, if you're if you an offensive player, I, I, I just feel like um, you kind of have to be in basketball and be able to do that type of stuff um, on the court to be able to um, get that. But, I mean, there are things to kind of maximize it outside. Yeah, you can run all day and you can, like, ride bikes and get a Peloton bike and do all that, but there's just something different once you step on the court. Drew, you guys are going to be the one of the last teams to play on the night that the season was suspended, and then your got the game got canceled in Sacramento. But how disappointing was it that the hiatus took place when you guys are really starting to click and, and really make a push for the playoffs? Yeah, man. You know, um, when you get in a groove or, you know, you find, like, that chemistry as a team, uh, it's a really good feeling, you know, it's kind of like a little bit of a high and you get like kind of the utmost confidence. It doesn't matter who you're playing or what the schedule is. Like um, we kind of have that confidence anyway, but um, we're, we were locked in. And I feel like that was the most important part. Like one through 15, we were, we were locked in and, and we knew the goal and what the goal was. And, and we felt like we had a great chance to meet that. And for that to kind of be disrupted, and potentially, possibly not even get a chance to uh, complete uh, really sucks, you know. Um, we put in a lot of work. Um, we've ha- we've been through a lot this season, just obstacles and and uh, being able to fight through that and how this kind of played out kind of sucks. I'm glad you brought that up as far as the obstacles you guys have went through. A really big roller coaster ride with the 13-game losing streak, the injuries to start the season, and 
you know, during that Christmas road trip, things started really turning for the better. I mean, what is your perspective on how things have changed so much from the beginning of the season uh, to the day that y'all went on hiatus? You know, it was, I mean, it, it, it was, it was the start of a brand new team um, where we knew that we had a lot of talent and it was just about putting that talent together and finding ways to uh, win games. And uh, I feel like we started to kind of, kind of click. And then when Zion came back and uh, fit him in there and, and um, got him playing more, man, it was, it started getting like really fun. You know, you kind of saw the, the light at the end of the tunnel. So um, even still to this day, like I, I still see the light and, and um, how good we can be. And I feel like, we were just showing the world how good we we could possibly be. But um, to this point now, it's just kind of like it's a positive. It, it is a positive from where we started to where we are now. But, again, we, we wanted to finish it out. So. so how do you find the balance right now of wanting to finish up the regular season, which I know everyone wants to do, but also making sure that you guys are protected, making sure you all are safe and able to come back and try to finish the season? I think that for me personally, um, the most important thing is obviously health. Um, um, rest in heaven to, to Carl Anthony Towns' mom. That's devastating mm-hmm. to hear. And like my heart is broken, and I don't know how I would react to that if, if my mother was in that situation or if I was in that situation. Um, but I think that's the most important thing right now is to make sure that we do what we're supposed to do to keep each other safe. And it's not even just about our families. It's about my neighbor and uh, my neighbor's grandkids or, or my neighbor's grandparents, you know? So um, I just think as a community, uh, we have to kind of look out for each other and um, yeah, we want to come back and play. No, I I feel like it'd be weird to play uh, without fans, but at the same time, I feel like if we can bring joy back by playing, and if that happens to be without fans and they get to watch on TV and still bring like this uh, camaraderie together where where people have hope or something to cheer for, um, I think that that would I think that that would be cool. Yeah, I agree. Certainly, I think everyone is ready to see uh, some sports, whether it's basketball, baseball, golf, whatever. I think everyone's kind of get back to normal here, but also when it is appropriate what about you you know david griffin said last week in his conference call that he felt like you were playing your best basketball all the season as soon as the hiatus hit would you agree with that yeah you know um it's also kind of weird to think like i think around maybe this time last year maybe a month before i i had surgery <laughs> you know yeah. so like i'm i'm it's pretty much a year off the of surgery and, and it took me about that time to really <clears throat> get back to like being or playing um, at the level that I wanted to play at. And I feel like a lot of it was um, my teammates, obviously, uh, the way that they played. I mean, the way B.I. played this year was phenomenal. Uh, Just watching him and even going back now and watching highlights and watching the games that that they play on on TV, like the playbacks, seeing how B.I. played, I feel like while I was in it, I would try to match his level and his intensity. So he pushed me 
so much to got to kind of get to the place where I need to be. But again, it just kind of sucks that you, I mean, feel like you kind of get shortchanged because I feel like I'm playing the best I can. And then our team is playing the best we can. And we wanted to end up, you know what I mean? Going to, going to LA in April and, and hopefully making that eight seed and playing against the Lakers. That would have been a, obviously for me personally, that would have been a very, very, <laughs> and I, I mean, even as an organization, that would have been a very, very cool, um, challenging thing to do, but yeah. No doubt. Yeah, there definitely would have been a lot of eyes on, on that series, um, against potentially the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Brandon Ingram kind of pushing you, but obviously ever since you, um, were traded here, um, a little bit ago, you've kind of been one of the leaders of this organization with such a young team this year and sort of a brand leadership role change in any way. Did you change your approach with some of the younger guys or did you kind of stay the way you always have been? Um, I think I learned a lot. Uh, I think I learned how to communicate with different players, um, going through different types of struggles, ups or downs, um, being able to communicate in that way. Uh, for the most part, I feel like I did exactly – I did everything that I usually do. Um, I try to lead by example um, every single day. I try to um, empower my teammates if it's – if somebody misses a shot or maybe playing time is being cut for whatever reason or even having an injury, um, just even being like me, Darius, and – and Zion being hurt at the same time. Uh, we had a lot of conversations about that, and I have <clears throat> a little bit of history with, with, with injuries and surgeries, so just <laughs> stuff I can pass on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, I think that I really just tried to lead by example, and, and anything that I could give, um, I would try my best to such a young team, how much did it help having veterans on the team join you like J.J. Redick and Derek Favors? Oh, it was great because from there, I mean, something that I might lack, they, they picked that up. Um, uh, J.J., I mean, just from the beginning, as you step in, you can feel and, and hear his presence. Uh, anytime he speaks, people, people listen. And uh, I feel like that's the kind of presence that I definitely try to um, mimic. And then um, Derek Favors is a little bit more on the quiet side, but and he doesn't talk as much. But when he speaks, literally everybody stops, and you can hear a pin drop. Um, and I feel like that's the importance of of Derek, especially a guy who kind of does everything that nobody wants to do, and he's great at that. Um, he he's great at getting people, other people open. Like he's great at making other people successful and making them look successful. And he does not complain at all. Um, Another thing that you kind of have to – that you kind of look back and, and learn from him is like, all right, well, if he can if, – if he's willing to do this and he's 10, 11 years in, uh, maybe that's just something I have to look into myself and be like, all right, well, like, I'm not necessarily the man. I have to do whatever my team needs to, uh, to win. So I, I feel like our leadership roles were all different, but kind of uh, we meshed well together. But I, I think that uh, how we came together was, was really cool. Before I let you go here, speaking of leadership, um, today would have been the last day of the regular season, which is is pretty sad to think about here. But also what's even sadder is thinking about that. This could have been Vince Carter's final game of his career tonight. And obviously, we don't know the situation of whether uh, the NBA is coming back or not or alternating the schedule. Um, 
but what has been some of your best memories of you playing against Vince, interacting with Vince, or just what Vince has meant to you as a basketball player? Man, well, starting with what he meant to me as a basketball player, I almost went to Carolina, and part of that was because of Vince Carter. Um, I remember um, I missed the game where he's in Jersey. I think he's playing against Miami, maybe, and he had, like, this crazy dunk. But I remember walking out um, – walking up to the car for school like the the next morning and obviously ESPN is on in my house and I saw the highlight and then from there all I really tried to do was try to dunk like Vince Carter like again I felt like he had all the abilities to be uh one of the greats that he is he can shoot um he's athletic super athletic um he can dunk on you he he could do whatever and get wherever he wanted to on the court so to be able to kind of start off there and then to play against him um, to where like even toward the end of his career he became more of like a jump shooter uh, just his versatility man the things that he could do and just playing in this league for that long the toll on your body you can really tell that he took very good care of himself uh, mentally and physically and he's definitely somebody not only I but I feel like other people should uh, look up to if they want to have kind of a, a long career in this league no doubt about that. It's certainly have been fun to watch. Are you going to watch the, the – I'm guessing you're going to watch the Jordan documentary starting on Sunday. I feel like every sports fan, on, whether man. they're an NBA fan or not, is just looking forward to Sunday and glad that they kind of pushed this up so everyone can watch it. Man, that's the go, bro. It didn't matter what <laughs> what was happening or what was going on. That's, that's going to be on my TV. So um, hopefully I get my daughter to sit down and watch it. She probably won't care for it, but um, I'm I'm really excited for it. Absolutely. I think everyone is. And Drew, I was really excited to hear that you were able to come on the podcast today. I appreciate you sharing uh, a few minutes with us here. Um, hope you, Lauren and JT, continue to stay safe. And uh, hopefully we're seeing you soon down the road. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Here he goes. That's Pelicans guard Drew Holiday here on the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I want to remind you about home team TV. Today is Wild Card Wednesday and you don't want to miss it. On the Pelicans or the Saints side, Nicolo Melli makes an appearance on the Pelican side. And I'll tell you, I've already seen it. I'm sure a lot of you have already seen it now listening to this podcast. But make sure you log on to whether it's Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or Pelicans.com and mobile app. You want to see today's wildcard Wednesday with Nicolo Melli. Also, for Saints fans, uh, a huge wildcard Wednesday get as Sean Payton talks with Jimmy Buffett. Who that nation meets Margaritaville. And you don't want to miss that long interview. And, of course, you can watch it on their platforms as well. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, NewOrleansSaints.com, and the mobile app. One more podcast for you to wrap up this week. Todd Graffinini will be in the hosting chair as he catches up with Fox Sports New Orleans television analyst Antonio Daniels. We all certainly miss Antonio being around and our interactions with him on the road. So we'll kind of catch up with Antonio, seeing what he and, and looking for some insights, of course, him playing with Michael or him playing against Michael Jordan. I feel like Todd will be able to ask him about some of his greatest memories as that documentary will air on Sunday. All right, that will do it for this edition of the Pelican Podcast presented by SeatGeek. Until Friday, I'm Daniel Sellers, and big thanks to Drew Holiday, and hope you all have a great rest of your day.